Good morning. You're listening to our breakfast on Radio Now 95.3 FM Lagos. Members of the Nigerian Association of Resident Doctors are on day four of their indefinite strike action and backed upon to protest non-payment of salaries, among other grievances. Last week, the Minister of Labor and Employment, while appearing on the television show, threatened a no-work, no-pay action against the striking doctors. A statement that wasn't well received by most Nigerians. In fact, the Nigerian Medical Association says the comment of the minister, Mr. Chris Ngige, regarding the striking doctors is capable of escalating brain drain in Nigeria. This comes after hours of negotiations between the government and the striking doctors led to a stalemate. This morning, I am joined by the president of the Nigerian Association of Resident Doctors, Dr. Uyilawa Okiahesui, to discuss the details of their last negotiations with the government. Good morning, Dr. Uyilawa. How are you doing? Good morning, Chika. Uh, glad you are here this morning. Um, doctor, I want to start by asking you, um, what was discussed at the last meeting between resident doctors and the federal government? Um, Dr. Uyilawa of Wahesi, President of Nigeria, Resident Doctor. Hmm. What we discussed in the last meeting we held with the, um, the government was one, the um, payment of getting death in service insurance hmm. to members who lost. This um, February 27th of 2020, we have lost about 17 residents hmm. to COVID 19, and about 1,824 1, doctors. Uh, we have cases to COVID-19 mm. infection. We have also been infected with lack of fever and Ebola and all other things. And at this time, none of our members have received any death service insurance. You know the loved ones who lost, lost also left their families behind. And, uh, and nothing has been done to mm. at least help them to not feel the impact of the ones they lost and we lost. At the time, you are still paid 5,000 naira for hazard allowance. When you know that the those in the upper chambers are paid up in 2 million naira for hardship allowance. So that's why we're asking the authorities of the government life. We are using young ones who have been owed four months' salaries and nothing has been done about that. And they call us to tell us to come and sign in the memorandum of action to call off a strike when the doctors are still hungry. Did this memorandum of action that the government invited you to sign contain any dates that they were going to actually pay you these salaries owed or implement any of the demands that you've been asking for? Was there a particular date on the memorandum of action? We were told that um, we will be paid by four weeks' time. Four weeks' time up to the month, so it's five months. Of not being paid. Mm. I guess we can ask the, yeah, the those on the other side to ask the government to actually have the old five months salary. Mm. And, and obviously that doesn't sit well with the union. Uh, so at, at the moment, the minister says he's inviting um, resident doctors back to another meeting tomorrow. Um, going into that meeting, are there any? You know, are, are there any? Is there any chance that resident doctors might, you know, shift grounds, based, you know, on the demands that they are asking uh, from the government? So you, are you willing to make any compromise at all going into this meeting with the minister tomorrow? The minister said 
on TV that we have, we have a meeting tomorrow. Mm. As of 7 13 this morning, we have not gotten any invite okay. from the minister. That, that's one. Two, there's some basic things that we need to make. The young lad, the young intern, the resident of the district, at least pay their salary. Mm. If you have other allowance, others we can discuss. Mm. As it stands now, no invites have been done. Okay. Most have been made. Commission has been said they will pay them for last week and up to now. Mm. We're sitting here in audience when they just came to the gallery. How much hazard allowance are resident doctors asking of the federal government? Well, we're asking that the hazard allowance be reviewed from 5,000 naira. It's something at least that is able to at least pay for your drugs, mm. pay for your bed, get, uh, uh, your upkeep when you fall ill, mm. pay for the complications you get from being ill. That's just all we ask. And, and how all much? The, and how the, much is a fair the, amount here for for these that you ask that, that you that, that you've just uh, you know itemized? How, how much is a fair amount to cover all of this? There's nothing fair about fair amount. I'll give you an example. In the United Kingdom, they charge much much as um, ten thousand um, pounds to locate you to areas. You can verify it. They give you a comprehensive insurance that takes care of your major surgery. Hmm. Take care of your um, minor studies and when you are ill. As it stands in Nigeria, any health worker that falls ill cannot take care of even major surgery. We have colleagues of ours that have had an NSH renal failure and now they are soliciting for arms for donations for them to even get a renal transplant. So if you ask me again, what is the basic? I think. It basically enables to take care of this um, major illness, major surgeries, mm. take care of my good job. So, I, I mean, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to hear a figure. Are we asking for 50,000 naira? Are we asking for 100,000 naira hazard allowance? You know, going, what, what exactly does the, the Nigerian Association of Resident Doctors feel is a fair amount to ask for as hazard allowance right now? Is well, there a figure? Well, obviously not asking for the 1.2 million they are paid to House of Rep or House of Senate. 50% of your basic salary, okay. which is about 100,000, 50% of that will be okay to take care of at least some needs. Okay, well, uh, we would we, we would keep in touch with you to find out more on this as you're going to the meeting tomorrow with the, with the minister. Hopefully you get an invitation uh, before tomorrow. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, happy Easter to you, Dr. Uyi. Thank you very much for having me. That was Dr. Uilawa Okiak-Hesuyi, President of the Nigeria Association of Resident Doctors, uh, joining me this morning to discuss the details of their last negotiations with the government. Resident doctors across the country embarked on an indefinite strike action on the 1st of April to protest non-payment of their salaries. Keep it right here on Radio Now 95.3 FM Lagos. It is 7.16 a.m. and there are more conversations on the way. Uh, Coming up next, we'll speak with Aisha 
we speak with Aisha Osuri, who is the Regional Head Open Society Initiative of West Africa uh, and also a long-time associate of uh, Mr. Innocent Chukoma on the life he led while he was here on earth. Uh, Mr. Innocent Chukoma, the head of Ford Foundation, West Africa and World of Nigeria, civil society leaders died last Saturday. Innocent Chukoma, the head of of Ford Foundation West Africa and one of Nigeria's civil society leaders is dead. The news of his death shocked people in the civil society and advocacy space in Nigeria. He died two days ago of acute myeloid leukemia, an aggressive cancer of the blood, at 55 years of age. This morning, I'm joined by Aisha Osuri, regional head Open Society Initiative of West Africa and longtime associate and friend of Innocent Chukoma, who speaks to us about Innocent Chukoma as we pay our respects to him. Good morning, Aisha. Glad you can join us this morning. How are you? Uh, fine, thank you. Good morning. Um, you're Thanks li- for inviting me. You're live can you hear me clearly? I can <laughs> hear you loud and clear, Aisha. I can hear you. Okay. You're live across Lagos on Radio Now, 95.3 FM Lagos. Um, I want to say, first of all, uh, I'm sorry for your loss, and I hope that you need you get all the comforts you need at this time to, um, as you grieve your friend. Thank you very much. You know, it's funny. I've been thinking about innocent life, and I, I was saying to someone that he's the original. I belong to everybody. Mm. Um, you know, the real one, the real McCoy. Mm. To be honest, it's not just me that's grieving. Obviously, it's his family, his friends, his associates, colleagues all over the world. We mm. are pouring in mm. for for innocent because he was just that type of person, mm. really a very decent human being. Mm. Um, what can you tell us about him? You know, the type of life he <laughs> led, the work that he did, the things that he found most important, yeah. um, the things that made him smile, and the ones that <laughs> riled him up. Really? Well, well, okay. Now, there's what is his resume, which is impressive, and which, you know, um, as human beings, we, we look to people's worth in what their resumes say about them. So he's obviously been someone who's cared about justice and inequality for a very long time. He was part of the student union uh, in the University of Nigeria, where he studied. And from there, he joined Civil Liberties Organization, CLO, which was one of the forefront um, human rights defense organizations during the military era, the Abacha era. So mm. they took the brunt um, of fighting that kind of oppression and repressive use of state um, against citizens. And then from there, he founded the Center for Law Enforcement Education of Nigeria, CLEAN, mm. C-L-E-E-N, in 1989, and which remains till today you know, one of our foremost non-profit organizations that focused on police accountability, training the police, engaging with the police, and now, of course, public security, as we see that insecurity is a, is a very huge challenge in Nigeria. And obviously, he served on lots of boards. And just before he died, he had just um, resigned after eight years as the regional director for Ford Foundation based in Lagos uh, with coverage ac- across uh, West Africa. And so if people look at that mm. resume, they will say, oh, well, how impressive without knowing who he was. But I think Innocent was a lot more than what his resume says he did. Um, he was he's a truly decent human being. Who, when you said what riled him up, I, I smiled because Innocent rarely ever sounded riled up, at least not in the last 10 years that I've known him. 
no matter how annoyed he is about something, no matter how upset he is about mm. an injustice, he still manages to sound calm, collected, thoughtful, um, empathetic, even able to see both sides, never ever closing the door to dialogue, you know, mm. always thinking that there's a way to reach across whatever the divides are, the gaps mm. are, to be able to engage people. Mm. So he was that type of person. He was about to go to Oxford University on a fellowship um, to think uh, and reflect on his memoirs. And my last conversation with him, oddly enough, was among other things, and then, you know, talking about what is he going to write about? And, you know, like, which part of your life are you going to write about? Are you going to write about student union activism and what that means? Because now, at the back of NSAS, everybody's looking to the youth, um, rightly so, and thinking about, you know, supporting youth movements, social building. Will he be reflecting from that point of view, considering how NAN is no longer what it used to be? Mm. Or will he be talking about police brutality, which is a global issue right now? I just caught the last segment of, of, your, of, of your program mm. talking to someone about George Floyd. And I just thought police brutality is a human rights issue, a global mm. human rights issue. So I was teasing him and saying, oh, will he talk about all his years clean and all his engagement with the police and the police service commission? Will he be reflecting from that point of view because there'll be a lot to write about? Or would he be thinking about writing as a as the head of a philanthropic organization, a grantor who gives money to grantees? You know, what has he learned about that? What does money do to people? How do we build a strong civil society? Would he be looking at it from that angle? Because in my mind, his life has been so rich that he could talk about any any of these things and that could be one book on its own. So those three things are different books on their own. And he said, Oh, they he was going to be think about them more personally and touch on all those elements of his life. But, you know, the book was not going to be about one thing. It was going to be about what he learned mm. about his life. Yeah. Obviously, he led a very rich life. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think would be his most abiding legacy of all that you've seen him and had him do and read about him? What do you think would be that one thing that he would be remembered for? Oh, that's very tough. I think just the way the son means different things to different people is just the way that innocent will mean different things to different people and people are going to read whatever his legacies will be. Mm. Off the top of my head, I would say his family, his wife Justine and his three daughters who he absolutely adored. Um, he was a very sound gender act, you know, equality advocate, a strong feminist, you know, who truly believed that, you know, men and women are equal and he always said i have girls you know they can do anything and he raised them to be that way yeah. so for me that would be on a personal note his most enduring leg- legacy on a per- professional note i think he he'll be remembered as somebody who took risks who you know wasn't scared to go off the beaten track who wasn't afraid to say i'll take chances and support you know this organization or this idea or this innovation um just because he really wanted to find different ways he understood that you know solving nigeria's many 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 challenges is going to take more than one different route it's Mm -hmm. going to take many different people doing multiple different things um so i think that would be his enduring Mm -hmm. but as i said if you talk to five people you get five different things but i definitely think that of course the love um the love and nurturing that he poured into his family all his life um, will be his enduring legacy. Mm. They are the true inheritors of, of, of what Innocent Chikma mm. had seeded. And of course, the organizations that he worked with and mm. touched. And I would like to think that, sorry, one, yes, I would please, like to please. think that for us who are left behind, yeah. you know, we should try and look at what he's done. Mm. I think many of us are in pain today mm. because we look, and this could be us, you know, in, mm. in a way you look back and you say, oh my God, has you know, this is like a call to say, 
I need to live the rest of my life more impactfully. And as mm. you talked about, so right, what will be my legacy? What will people say about me when mm. I'm gone? You know, I, w- I was going to ask you what lessons you think we can learn from, you know, St. Chukuma's life. But um, there you go, answering the questions before they are asked. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you have been speaking with his family and your privy to the burial plans for him. What no, exactly are the burial plans for Mr. Chukuma? No, it's too early to say. And no, I, I, I would like that kind, that kind of announcement should come only from the family. And I'm sure when the family's ready, let's not forget it's been barely 48 hours since mm. we were all hit with this news. Mm. Um, but I'm quite sure that as soon as these arrangements are made, everybody will know. So now what I'd say to listeners, people who knew him, people who didn't, people who are wondering who's this person that everybody's talking about with such love and mm. pain and anguish, but also with pride. Just, he wanted Nigeria to be a better place, you know, and if anybody wants to just, you know, join that, the crowd of people um, who want to make Nigeria a better place, then, mm. you know, they say if everybody sits in front of their house, the world will be clean. But I think sometimes we don't think about, if we sit in front of our house and we dump the dirt in front of somebody else's house, then the world isn't really clean. So I guess the legacy for everybody, uh, or the thinking, the lessons for everybody who's listening and saying, it's just, you know, my time could be up tomorrow. My time could be up by the end of the day, and I don't know. Nobody ever knows when their time is going to be up. But how have you lived your life until that point? What have you seeded? What are your legacies? Who have you nurtured? How have you shown love? Not just to yourself and your family, but to the community that you that you belong to, to the society that you want to have. I think a lot of Nigerians are bogged down with how bad Nigeria is, but I always say to people lately that we're going to have to love Nigeria before Nigeria will love us back. Nigeria is like an abused child who has grown up to be an an abusive adult. Mm. Um, and if we don't just nurture that child, show that child the kind of love we want from the child, we're not going to go very far. That's profound. Thank you very much for joining this conversation this morning, Aisha. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for giving time to honor Innocent Chukuma today. It's a pleasure. All right, bye. That's Aisha Osori, Regional Head, Open Society Initiative of West Africa and longtime associate and friend of Innocent Chukuma speaking to us about the life he led. Um, up until his death, Innocent Chukuma was the head of Ford Foundation West Africa. He leaves behind a wife and three children.